The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. But of course, the big story this weekend is the issue of overcrowding. Individual stories of people not just being stuck on trolleys, but being stuck on chairs in the hope of being stuck on a trolley. If you have any personal experience, if you've been in an A&E recently with a family member, if you've uh, if you work in the HSE and you've seen what it's like in recent days, 53106, do let us know what your experience has been or you can get us at Anton Savage Show on Twitter. But last night, the health minister, Stephen Donnelly, uh, came on the hard shoulder speaking to Karen Cudahy and he was forecasting when we might begin to see an easing in the rate of hospital admissions and trolley wait times. Here's what he had to say. It's gone up again this week, so it'll be higher. We're, so we're not we're not through the peak but the rate of increase has slowed. So there's less extra patients this week than last week. Really, the last two weeks, there was this huge influx of patients with flu, particularly over 65, over 75 years of age. There are more again this week, um, but it is slowing down. And COVID has been broadly flat at about 650 patients for about the last two and a half weeks. So so, so that's where we are with that. The focus right now... Um, is on this weekend, is on the coming week, and then is on next weekend in moving to much higher discharge over the weekend. So as you hear the Health Minister Stephen Donnelly there talking to Kieran and saying that this weekend was going to be critical and some of the analysis would suggest that the reason weekends are so critical is because you get a lower discharge rate and some analysts saying that's because hospital consultants don't tend to attend work on the weekends. Other analysts saying, well, they may not be rostered to, but they are still available. Many of them still go into the hospitals. So that isn't the cause. Then you have health analysts who are saying the problem here is one of underinvestment, but at the same time you have politicians saying it is not. Michael McGrath being quoted by the uh, Irish Times saying, I don't think we could be accused of underinvestment with 23.5 billion almost. It's a record amount of investment. Then some analysts are saying, well, it is to do with the individual hospitals. Because again, if we refer to the Irish Times, they point to University Hospital Waterford, where they say there isn't a single patient on a trolley, whereas some other papers are pointing to other hospitals, like, for instance, Limerick, and saying there is a huge problem there. And it's down to the way hospitals deal with it individually rather than that HSE level. And there's massive massive amounts of column inches dedicated to effectively asking how can we still be here after 20 years of being promised that any minute now we'll solve the overcrowding crisis. Well, one of the people who was at the front line of dealing with that was Tony O'Brien, former Director General of the HSE through until I think about 2018. And he joins us this morning. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, Anton. Tony, can you answer that sort of Gordian knot of a question? How is it that after this being the prime theoretical political focus of the political system, of the Department of Health and of the HSE, how are we no better off, in fact, in some cases worse off than we were a decade ago? It really comes down to the capacity that the health system has being less than the demands that our population generates in terms of healthcare needs. So the INMO has been counting trolleys since, I think, uh, 2006, what's that, 17 years. And in that period, there has never been a time when the beds, whether they be acute hospital beds or step-down beds in the entire system are equal to the needs of patients throughout the year. And as the years have gone on, what used to be a winter crisis has become a sort of evergreen crisis, but with particular 
exacerbation at this time of year where we're now seeing these really record high numbers. Also, in the, in the last 12 years, we've built up a situation where we've got close on 900 consultant vacancies. There's been a lot of talk this week about senior decision makers. Senior decision makers, generally speaking, refers to consultants, and we just don't have enough of them. So whether it be the trolley crisis uh, or the waiting list crisis, both come down to the fact that our system is not the right shape or size for the needs of our population. Now, can you, can you break that down a bit, Tony? Because there's, yeah. there's very, when we say there are no beds, the, the factors to no beds, in some instances, you say, that can be step-down facilities to get people out of hospitals. In some instances, it can be people waiting for scans or MRIs or DEXs or whatever it might be, and they clog up a bed because they can't get them immediately. In some instances, it may be that there is no consultant there to make the decision about what happens to the patient because of recruitment. There may be no nursing staff. Of all of those, what do you see as the prime culpability for the problem we now have? And what, if any, is the solution? I think the most fundamental problem is that there aren't enough acute hospital beds for the demand. So all those patients who are on trolleys waiting to be admitted to beds are patients for whom a decision has been made that they need to be admitted to hospital. But the bed that they would be admitted to is already occupied by another patient. And back in 2018, the government commissioned a report on bed capacity, and it looked at what what additional beds would need to be provided. And that number of beds has not yet been reached, but at the same time, our population demand has grown. Clearly, you can moderate the number of, of hospital beds you need by providing other types of services, and there has been movement in that direction. But the fundamental thing is there is not enough capacity. Like We have waiting lists for home support or home helpers, we used to call it. We have delays in getting people into nursing homes uh, for a variety of reasons, and then we have people who simply need to be in hospital beds who in total exceed the number of hospital beds available. And that is why we have people uh, on chairs and on trolleys enduring appalling circumstances for longer now than even before. And, And at the heart of it, that is the problem in my view. And to give you, just to give listeners a sense of those numbers, 2,000 patients waited for more than a day for a bed um, and the wave is projected that there are, that the 1,000 people on trolleys uh, may be uh, reached. Uh, Tech saying, my wife has severe MS requiring home care. I believe a large part of the issue is not addressing home care requirements, which is what Tony was just saying. If this was addressed better, then it would have a knock-on impact of partially releasing some of the pressure on the health service, not only on staff, but don't forget all the associated costs, heating, food, etc., etc. Those costs are then covered at home and not a burden on the HSE. Um, if you have any personal experience, 53106 or anton at if you want to send an email. Can you explain one thing, though, Tony? Why is there a disparity among different hospitals if what we have is an overall bed availability crisis? How is it that, as the papers are reporting, Waterford can have nobody on trolleys when other, other hospitals have people backed up on trolleys? Well, the, the, the relationship between the number of beds and the size of population served by each hospital is not equal. So um, Limerick, for example, is often in the headlines as having the worst congestion in its emergency department. And if you compare nationally, looking at the size of the population that the emergency department in Limerick seeks to serve, it has, relatively speaking, fewer beds per head of population than would be present in other parts of the country. Uh, While Waterford generally does perform well, I saw reports from David Cullinan this week about ambulances queued up outside the emergency department being effectively used as trolleys. So when the numbers of attendances reach a certain threshold, there is no 
no hospital that is immune from this problem, unfortunately. But there will be there will be variations, the types of presentations that you get at different hospitals, the size of the population they serve. And there can be variations, you know, notwithstanding the fact that we have this problem, there are different levels of, of efficiency and effectiveness in different hospitals as well, which shouldn't be ignored. But even if we applied all of those efficiencies equally across the whole system, there would still be a problem. And that problem is, 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 is evidenced by the fact that the trolley crisis is now a year-round problem and not just a winter problem. So what then of the Minister for Finance's assertion that underinvestment isn't the problem? He says $23.5 billion per annum in the health budget, record number of investment. He's quoted by the Irish Times as saying we are seeking a significant increase in capacity that needs a lot more beds. But he's saying the money is there. Is he right? Well, you, you, you went through a whole series of counterpoints before we started this conversation, and I was thinking to myself, there's truth in every one of those things, those who say there's not enough investment and those who say they are. If you look at the macro number, the 23 billion, which is a very substantial increase over, over recent years, there is probably enough money in the system. The problem is that the policies about how that money is used are getting in the way. So we have a bed capacity review published by the government. Is that money going into providing those beds quickly enough? The answer I think is no. We have 900 consultant vacancies. They have recently brought to conclusion discussions around a new consultant contract, which hopefully will advance that. But that took nearly 11 years. And o- over time, we have just built up all of these problems. So what we, what we tend to have is a view and government ministers are very quick to say, well, we've put this, this extra money in here and this extra money in there, but has it been invested in a way and have decisions been made in a way that enabled these key problems of waiting lists and emergency departments to be solved? And the evidence is obviously no. Um, it's, it's hard to believe that five years on from a bed capacity review, we don't have the capacity in beds that that review suggested we should have by now. It's hard to believe that coming into a winter crisis that was predicted and predictable that we still have a waiting list for home support hours uh, when clearly some of the people who are in hospital beds could have been discharged if they could be adequately supported to return to their homes and if 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 a bed is vacated then clearly another patient can go into that bed but you also said earlier on um, you, 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 you made the point, I think it was the minister who made the point, about the numbers of people in older age groups who are attending needing hospitalisation for instance for reasons such as influenza, COVID, and other reasons. And we have an aging population, which is a good thing. But if you become ill at an older age, it's likely that when you're admitted, your length of stay will be longer. So it's not like the bed is occupied just for one night. It might be occupied for five or 10 nights. Um, and, and, and so those beds cannot immediately be made available for the next person. Well, it's interesting you mentioned that, Tony, because we literally, as you're speaking, got a text saying, as a nurse, we have a huge deficit of beds for elderly care. Turn, two nursing homes in our catchment area in the West have closed a loss of at least 60 beds due to, uh, the, the text asserts, over-regulation. And the text goes on, we have an increasing population. So contributors saying the money continues to be thrown at the system. Forget we are losing beds with a hugely increasing population. When you look at it per capita, heartbreaking as a nurse for 20 years. We all know winters are bad every year, but this is the worst that I have seen in years. And if you've just joined us, we're talking to Tony O'Brien, who is the uh, former director general of the HSE. And one of the questions that keeps coming up, Tony, is who ultimately 
is culpable. Because when the HSE itself was created, in part it was created to get through what was seen as a dysfunctionality of multiplicity of, of health boards with the tendency to have a local focus rather than a, a national strategic focus. And that was going to be the panacea. That hasn't turned out to be the case. We're getting texts saying things like, why are the CEOs of the various hospitals not asked to answer for the number of people on trolleys? Why is it the minister's fault or the HSE's fault? Who do you point the finger at in this? I don't know if it's particularly helpful to, to point fingers other than other than at solutions, but just to answer the point about individual hospital CEOs, individual hospital CEOs have a finite level of resource. They have a hospital with a certain number of beds that they don't get to decide and a certain level of staffing that they don't get to decide. And they have a front door through which an indeterminate number of patients can come. And if the number of patients needing admission to beds exceeds the number of beds that they have, even in hospitals with the most efficient systems, there is very little that the CEO can do other than deal with the situation that they're faced with, which unfortunately is trying to do the best they can for patients on trolleys. And as the CEO of the HSE, Stephen Mulvaney, has said, you know, the numbers of patients on trolleys and on chairs this week and the length of time represents a clear and present danger. Um, so this is a... I know people never like to hear this, but this is a kind of a whole system thing. You can have individual hospitals working very effectively, but they only have the resources they have. We have a national policy, a national evaluation that says we need more more beds, both the type of beds that the nurse was talking about, elderly care beds and acute hospital beds. We need quickly to move towards filling those 900 vacancies. And ultimately, um, I think that while people working in the system have to play their part, politicians have to play their part too. And the two things have to work hand in glove well, in well, order to get a, to get, a, to get a better solution. On that note, let me ask you, finally and briefly, having been DG of the HSE, if those the actions that are now being planned in terms of the recruitment continue on track, would you be optimistic that we are at the start of a solution or is this now just going to be the way our health system is in perpetuity? If the 900 consultant posts can be filled, if the bed capacity can be brought up to the population need, and we get away from a situation where our beds are occupied at more than 100%, then it is possible for our health system to work much more effectively, for waiting lists to be reduced, and by and large, for most of the year, for trolley situations to be avoided. They can, they would, however, you could never guarantee that an individual hospital from time to time might be faced with a surge of presentations that it would be difficult for it to cope with at that particular point. But this type of perennial trolley crisis that we're now faced with, with the type of numbers we see now, it is absolutely possible to get away from that. Absolutely. Tony O'Brien, thank you so much for your time this morning. That is Tony O'Brien, former uh, Director General of the uh, HSE and Health Analyst. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk.